Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Reading Harry Potter with a 12 year old. Today we are going to be reading Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Chapter 2, Dobby's Warning. And I just want to say, oh my god, thank you so, so much for all the support um, that I've gotten. Since the last episode, um, my, ch my channel has just completely exploded. I went from having maybe an average, because Anchor does this thing where it estimates how, many, how much audiences you have, and then um, it went from being about 94, and it skyrocketed all the way to 265. That is absolutely amazing. And I also nearly got 1,000 players in a day. And it's just absolutely amazing, guys. I want to thank you so much for all your support. You guys have been so good to me from the start. Um, I also want to say um, special thank yous to people who have sent me voice messages. There are tons of people who have sent me voice messages, um, including people who have sent me multiple voice messages. But, um, yeah, I'm just as I said before, I'm just going to release them one by one. Um, I'm sorry it's been nine days. I know I promised a week, but, um, yeah, as I said, um, one week to a fortnight, around that time, I, I have to juggle stuff. Um, also because I'm going back to school now, so I probably don't have much as, uh, as much time during the day to, um, get stuff done. Uh, but speaking of which, um, as I said, I've gone back to school. Um, I know there are many schools in Australia and around the rest of the world that haven't, um, gone back to school yet. So, I just want to say that I hope you're all staying safe from COVID-19. And I hope this podcast is providing you some comfort during this time. So, um, without further ado, um, let's listen to one of our voice messages sent from Gabby Green. Um, she's a, she said she's a 26-year-old from New York. Um, that's actually very interesting because I don't know anyone from New York. I've never talked to anyone from New York. So, I just want to say thanks a lot for all your support. And uh, let's listen to that um, voice message, and then let's get straight into the story. Hi, my name is Gabby, and I'm a 26-year-old living in New York City. Um, I just want to let you know that you're doing an amazing job. I know you always ask for, you know, um, feedback, and I would just say that just keep doing what you're doing. Even, you know, when you make mistakes and stuff, it's natural, and... It's real, so I, don't, I wouldn't change anything about what you're doing. I really love that you're doing this. I love that in the beginning you talk about how it's for anybody of any age, any race, any socioeconomic status, etc. And I think that's so awesome. As a kid, I wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter, so now I just want to actually get into it. So um, having this is great. I listen to it while I'm working, and it's so much fun. You're doing an amazing job, and thank you. Um, so thanks so much for that. Um, now, there are tons and tons of other people who have sent me voice messages, but I'm so sorry, I'll have to get you to you guys, because as I said before, I don't want to take up too much time for putting out the voice messages, so I'll, I'm just going to do it once at a time. So let's get started. Chapter 2, Dobby's Warning. Harry had managed not to shout out, but it was a close thing. The little creature on the bed had large, bat-like ears and bulging green eyes the size of tennis balls. Harry knew instantly that this was, this was what had been watching him out of the garden hedge that morning. As they stared at each other, 
Harry heard Dudley's voice from the hall. May I take your coats, Mr. and Mrs. Mason? The creature slipped off the end of the bed and bowed so low that the end of its long, thin nose touched the carpet. Harry noticed that it was wearing what looked like an old pillowcase with rips for arms and leg holes. Uh, hello, said Harry nervously. Harry Potter, said the creature in such a high-pitched voice, Harry was sure it would carry down the stairs. So long has Dobby wanted to meet you, sir. Such an honor it is. The, the thank you, said Harry, edging along the wall and sinking into his de desk chair. Next, next to Hedwig, who was asleep in her large cage. He wanted to ask, What are you? But thought, but thought it would sound too rude, so instead he said, Who are you? Dobby, sir. Just Dobby. Dobby the house elf, said the creature. Oh, really? said Harry. Uh, I don't want to be rude or anything, but this isn't a great time for me to have a house elf in my bedroom. Petunia's high, false laugh sounded from the living room. The elf hung his head. Not that I'm pleased to meet you, said Harry quickly, but, uh, is there any reason why you're here? Oh, yes, sir, said Dobby earnestly. Dobby has come to tell you, sir. It is difficult, sir. Dobby wonders where to begin. Sit down, said Harry politely, pointing at the bed. To his horrors, the elf burst into very noisy tears. So sit down, he wailed. Harry thought he heard the voices downstairs falter. I'm sorry, he whispered. I didn't mean to offend you or anything. Offend Dobby, choked the elf. Dobby has never been asked to sit down by a wizard like an equal. Harry, trying to say shh and look comforting at the same time, ushered Dobby back onto the bed where he sat hiccoughing like a very large and ugly doll. At last... He um he managed to control himself with and sat with his great eyes fixed on Harry in a great expression of watery adoration. You can't have met many decent wizards, said Harry, trying to cheer him up. Dobby shook his head. Then, without warning, he leapt up and started banging his head furiously on the window, shouting, Bad Dobby! Bad Dobby! Don't... What are you doing? Harry hissed, springing up and pulling Dobby back onto the bed. Hedwig had woken up with a particularly loud screech and was beating her wings wildly against the bars of her cage. Dobby had to punish himself, sir, said the um, said the elf, who had gone slightly cross-eyed. Dobby almost speak Ill, spoke ill of his family, sir. Um, your family? The wizard family Dobby serves, sir. Um... Bound to serve one house and one family forever and ever. Do they know you're here? said asked Harry um, curiously. Dobby shuddered. Oh no, sir. Dobby will have to punish himself most grievously for coming to see you, sir. Dobby will have to shut his ears in the oven for this. Um, if they ever knew, sir. But won't they notice if you shut your ears in the oven door? Dobby doubts it, sir. Dobby is always having to punish himself for doing something wrong, sir. But let's Dobby get on with it, sir. Sometimes he reminds me to do extra punishments. But why don't you leave? Escape. Her house elf must be set free, sir. 
Toby free. Toby will, set the, will serve the family until he dies, sir. Harry stared. And I thought I was hard done by staying here another four weeks, he said. This makes the Dursleys sound almost human. Can't anyone help you? Can't I? Harry, almost at once, Harry wished he hadn't spoken. Dobby dissolved again into wails of gratitude. Please, Harry whispered frantically, please be quiet. If the, Dursley hear, if the Dursleys hear anything, if they know you're here. Harry Potter asks Dobby if he, Harry Potter asks if he can help Dobby. Dobby has heard of your greatness, sir. But your goodness, Dobby never knew. Harry, who was feeling distinctly hot in the face, said, Whatever you've heard about my greatness is a load of rubbish. I'm not even the top of my year at Hogwarts. That's Hermione. She... But he stopped quickly, because thinking about Hermione was painful. Harry Potter is humble and modest, said um, Dobby reverently, his all-black eyes aglow. Harry Potter speaks not of his triumph over he who must not be named. Voldemort, said Harry. Dobby clapped his hands over his bat ears and moaned. Ah, oh, speak not the name, sir, speak not the name. Sorry, said Harry quickly. I know lots of people who don't like it. My friend Ron. He stopped again. Thinking about Ron was painful too. Dobby leaned towards Harry, his eyes wide as headlamps. Dobby heard tell, he said hoarsely, that Harry Potter met the Dark Lord for a second time just weeks ago, and that Harry Potter escaped yet again. Harry nodded, and Dobby's eyes suddenly shone with tears. Ah, oh, sir, he gasped, dabbing his face with the corner of his grubby pillowcase he was wearing. Harry Potter is valiant and bold. He has braved so many dangers already, but Dobby has come to protect Harry Potter, to warn him, even if he does have to shut his ears in the oven door later. Harry Potter must not go back to Hogwarts. There was a silence broken only by the chink of knives and forks downstairs and the distant rumble of Uncle Vernon's voice. What? What? Harry stammered. But I've got to go back. Term starts on September the 1st. That's all that's keeping me going. You don't know what it's like here. I don't belong here. I belong in your world. At Hogwarts. No, no, no! Squeaked Dobby, shaking his, his head so hard his ears flapped. Harry Potter must stay where he is safe. He is too great, too good to lose. If Harry Potter goes back to Hogwarts, he will be in mortal danger. Why? said Harry in surprise. There is a plot, Harry Potter. A plot to make the most terrible things happen this year at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, whispered Dobby, suddenly trembling all over. Dobby has known it for months, sir. Harry Potter must not put himself in peril. He is too important, sir. What terrible things, said Harry at once. Who is plotting them? Dobby made a funny choking noise and then banged his head madly against the wall. All right, cried Harry, grabbing the elf's arm to stop him. You can't say I understand, but why are you warning me? A sudden, unpleasant thought had struck him. Hang on, this hasn't got anything to do with Volt. I mean, you know who, does it? You could just shake or nod, he added hastily, as the he Dobby's head tilted worryingly close to the wall again. Slowly, Dobby shook his head. Not 
not who he who he who must be named he who he who must not be named, sir. But Dobby's eyes were wide, and he seemed to be trying trying to give Harry a hint. Harry, however, was completely at sea. He hasn't got a brother, has he? Dobby shook his head. His eyes were wider than ever. Well then, I can't make I can't think of anyone else who would want who would have a chance of making horrible things happen at Hogwarts," said Harry. "I mean, there's Dumbledore for one thing. You know who Dumbledore is, um, don't you?" Al um, Dobby bowed his head. "Albus Dumbledore is one of the greatest headmasters Hogwarts has ever had, sir. Dobby knows it, sir. Dobby has heard his hum. Dobby, Dobby has heard of Dumbledore's powers rival those of he who must not be named at the height of his strength, sir. But, sir." Dobby's voice dropped down to an urgent whisper. There are powers Dumbledore doesn't. Powers no decent wizard. And before Harry could stop him, Dobby bounded off the bed, seized Harry's desk lamp, and started beating himself around the head with ear-splitting yelps. A sudden silence fell downstairs. Two seconds later, Harry, hot, thuddling, thudded, thuddling mad, thudding madly, heard Uncle Vernon coming into the hall, calling... Dudley must have left his television on again, the little tyke. Quick, in the wardrobe, hissed Harry, stuffing Dobby in, shutting the door and flinging himself onto the bed as the door handle turned. What in the devil are you doing? said Uncle Vernon through gritted teeth, his face horribly close to Harry's. You've just ruined the punchline of my Japanese golfer joke. One more sound and you'll wish you've never been born, boy. He stomped flat-footed from out of the room. Shaking, Harry let Dobby out of the wardrobe. See what it's like here, said Harry. See why I've got to go back to the Hog uh, to Hogwarts. It's only the it's the only place I've got well, I think I've got friends. Friends who don't even write to Harry Potter? said Dobby slyly. I've just expect they've been hang on, said Harry, frowning. How do you know my friends haven't been writing to me? Dobby shuffled his feet. Potter mustn't be angry with Dobby. Dobby had been doing it for the best. Have you been stopping my letters? Dobby has them here, sir, said the elf, stepping nimbly out of Harry's reach as he pulled a thick wad of envelopes from the inside of the pillowcase he was wearing. Harry could make out Hermione's neat writing, Ron's untidy scroll, and a scribble that looked like it was from um, Hogwarts gamekeeper Haggard. Dobby blinked up. Uh, Dobby blinked and looked up. Uh, looked anxiously up at Harry. Harry Potter must have been angry. Dobby hoped if Harry Potter thought his friends had forgotten him, Harry Potter might not want to go back to school, sir. Harry wasn't listening. He made a grab for the letters, but Dobby jumped out of the reach. <clears throat> Harry Potter will have them, sir, if he gives Dobby his word that he will not return to Hogwarts. Ah, oh, sir, this is a danger you must not face. Say you won't go back, sir. No, said Harry angrily. Give me my friend's letters. Then Harry Potter leaves Dobby no choice, said the elf sadly. Before Harry could move, Dobby darted to the bedroom door, pulled it open, and sprinted down the stairs. Mouth dry, stomach um, stomach lurching, Harry sprang after him, trying not to make a sound. He jumped the last six stairs on the staircase, um, landing cat-like on the hall carpet, looking around for Dobby. 
From the dining room, he heard Uncle Vernon saying, Tell Petunia that very funny story about those American plumbers, Mr. Mason. She's been dying to hear. Harry ran up the hall into the kitchen and felt his stomach disappear. Aunt Petunia's masterpiece of a pudding, with a mountain of cream and sugared violets, was floating up, um, up near the ceiling. On top of the um, cupboard in the corner crouched Dobby. No, croaked Harry. Please, don't. They'll kill me. Harry Potter must say he's not going back to school. Dobby, please. Say it, sir. I, I can't. Dobby gave him a tragic look. Then Dobby must do it, sir, for Harry Potter's own good. The pudding fell to the floor with a heart-stopping crash. Scre cream splattered on the windows and walls as the dishes shattered. As the dish shattered, with a crack like a whip, Dobby vanished. There were screams from the dining room, and Uncle Vernon burst into the kitchen to find Harry, rigid with shock, covered from head to foot, and Aunt Petunia's pudding. At first, it looked as though Uncle Vernon would manage to gloss over the whole thing with, over with, just our nephew, very disturbed. Meeting strangers upset him, upsets him, so we keep him upstairs. He shoot, um, he shooed the shocked Masons back into the dining room, promised Harry he would flay him within an inch of his life when the Masons had left, and handed him a mop. Arbutunia dug some ice cream out of the freezer, and Harry, still shaking, started scrubbing the kitchen clean. Uncle Vernon might have been able to make, still might have been able to make the deal if it hadn't been for the owl. Arbutunia was just handing round a box of after-dinner mitts when a huge barn owl swooped through the dinner room. Window. Dropped a letter on Mrs. Mason's head and swooped out again. Mrs. M Mrs. Mason screamed like a banshee and ran from the house, shouting about lunatics. Mr. Pa Mr. Mason stayed just long enough to tell the Dursleys that his, that his wife was mostly afraid of birds of all shapes and sizes, and to ask whether this was their idea of a joke. Harry stood in the kitchen, clutching the mop for support, as Uncle Vernon's eyes advanced on him, a demonic glint in his tiny eyes. Read it! He hissed, um, evilly, brandishing the letter the owl had delivered. Go on! Read it! Harry took it. It did not contain birthday greetings. Dear Mr. Potter, we have in, in received intelligent that uh, intelligence that a hover charm was used at your place of residence at this evening at twelve minutes past nine. As you know, underage wizards are not allowed to to, to permit. As you know, underage wizards are not uh, are not permitted to perform spells outside of school, and and further spell work on your part may lead to expulsion from said school. Wait, yeah, decree for the reasonable restriction of underage sorcery, eighteen seventy-five, paragraph C. We would also ask you to remember that any magical activity which risks notice of members from the non-magical community, muggles, is a serious offence under section thirteen of the International Confederation of Warlocks Statue of Secrecy. Um, secrecy. Enjoy your holidays. Sincerely, 
Madam Mathalda Hopkirk, the improper use of magic office, Ministry of Magic. Um, Harry looked up from the letter and gulped. You didn't tell us you were allowed to look use magic outside of school, said Uncle Vernon, a mad gleam dancing in his eyes. I forgot to mention it. Slipped in your mu- Forgot to mention it. Sorry, I was using it in the context of Harry. Forgot to mention it. Slipped your mind. I dare say. He was bearing down on Harry like a great bulldog, all his, his teeth bared. Well, I've got news for, for you, boy. I'm locking you up. You're never going back to that school. Never. And if you try to mag- mag- uh, magic yourself out, they'll smell you. And laughing like a maniac, he, dra- he dragged Harry back upstairs. Uncle Vernon was as bad as his word. The following morning, he paid a man to fit bars on Harry's window. He himself fitted the cat flap in the bedroom door, so small that three amount- that amounts of food could be pushed inside three times a day. They let Harry out to use the bathroom in the morning. Otherwise, he was locked in his room around the clock. Three days later, the Dursleys were showing no signs of relenting, and Harry couldn't see any way out of his situation. He lay on his bed, watching the sun sinking behind the bars on the window, and wondering miserably what was going to happen from him. What if the good of magicking himself out of Hogwarts would expel him from doing it? Yet life at Privet Drive had reached an all-time low. Now the Dursleys knew they weren't going to wake up at Fruit Rats, he had lost his only weapon. Dobby might have saved Harry from horrible things happening at Hogwarts, but the way things were going, he'd probably starve to death anyway. The cap flap rattled, um, and Aunt Petunia's hand appeared, pushing a bowl of tin soup into the room. Harry's, who, whose insides were aching with hunger, jumped off the bed and seized it. The suit was stone cold, but he drank half of it in one gulp. Then he crossed, um... He crossed the room to Hedwig's cage and tipped the soggy vegetables into the bottom of her bowl into her food tray. She ruffled her feathers and gave him a look of deep disgust. It's no use turning your beak up at it. That's all we got, said Harry grimly. He put the empty bowl back on the floor next to the cap flap and laid down on the bed, somehow even hungrier than he had been before. Supposing he was still alive in another four weeks, what would happen if they didn't turn up at Hogwarts? Would someone be sent to see why he hadn't come back? Would they still be able to make d- the Dursleys let him go? The room was growing dark, exhausted, stomach rumbling, mind spinning over the same un- unanswerable questions. Harry fell into an uneasy sleep. Uh, um, he dreamed that he was on a show in a zoo, with his card reading, Underage Wizard, attached to his cage. People goggled through the bars as in, at him as he lay, starving and weak, on the bed of straw. He saw Dobby's face in the crowd and shouted out, asking for help. But Harry Potter, uh, but Dobby called, Harry Potter is safe there, sir, and vanished. Then the Dursleys appeared and Dudley rattled the bars of his cage, laughing at him. Stop it, Harry muttered, as the rattling pounded in his sore head. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Cut it out. I'm trying to sleep. He opened his eyes. Moonlight was shining through the bars on the window. And someone was goggling him uh, through the bars at him. Uh, a freckle-faced, um, red-haired, long-nosed someone. Ron Weasley? 
was outside Harry's window. Well, I've got to say, that was a pretty dramatic um, place to end. Um, so, that's the end of chapter two. Um, next chapter is called chapter three, The Burrow. So, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode of Reading Harry Potter with a 12-year-old. If you enjoyed, please make sure to check out my other episodes. And um, if you want to, um, please share this with your friends and family if they enjoy listening to Harry Potter. Um, as I said before, I can't exactly promise that I'll um, post in a week, but um, this is the very best I can do right now. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, I guess that's all I have to say today. Um, so, I'll see you guys when I release the next episode. And I'll see you soon. Take care. Bye for now.